it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode three of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the coaches of the IWU men's basketball team. In our first two episodes, we've heard about the vision of hunger, habits, and humility from Coach Tonegal as well as the way the seniors on the team laid the foundation in the first few months of the season. Today, we're going to be interviewing Kanan Coffey and hear how he took that vision to heart. He's going to tell us about his goal of getting in the man's club over the summer and how hard he worked as he pursued that goal. In our second half, Coach Tonegal is going to be talking about hard work and why it's so important to set a high bar for the players in our program. If you followed our season, you know Kanan played a huge part in helping us win the national championship, but it didn't come without disappointment. We will go inside that disappointment in this interview with Kanan. We're joined now by Kanan Coffey. In your freshman year, you came into Indiana Wesleyan and just started off with a bang. You had eight threes one game your first semester, but then as the season progressed and film was out to opposing coaches and scouting reports were made, you felt like you'd been a little inconsistent. I remember your postseason meeting, how hungry you were for growth to position you for your sophomore year's success. Take us back to that time and what was going through your mind and what you did. Yeah, so the beginning of the year was definitely definitely fun. Um, you know, teams didn't really have a game plan. They didn't know who I was coming in as a freshman. And I was able to get a lot of good looks up and hit a ton of threes early in the season. But then when we got to conference games, um, teams began to know who I was and scout me and at that point, they just took away my three, and I kind of didn't know what to do at that point. And so I think at the end of last year, at, at our postseason meeting, one of the biggest things for me was just to expand my game and just to really develop my game overall and uh, recognize that teams are going to try to take away the three and what else can I do um, in the offense in terms of setting screens and uh, cutting and just opening more things up. And so that was kind of the biggest thing, biggest takeaway for me from last year. And at that point, Coach Johnny Marlin was here, and one of the things you guys identified as a as a way to grow and diversify yourself was really in the weight room and adding strength. Yeah, yeah, and so Johnny did a great job of uh, leading us through some lifts a few times a week, and last spring was the strongest I'd ever felt. Um, he really pushed us in the weight room, and uh, we pushed each other, and we just saw tremendous gains in the weight room. And so coming off of that, just really wanted to keep that going throughout the summer. You went into the summer, and you're, you had a specific goal in the weight room, and you attacked the weight room because of us. T- take us through that goal and what you did in the, in the weight room over the course of the whole summer. Yeah, so my goal for the summer was to hit man's club and to make man's club. It was something that, uh, that I really wanted to do, and not many guys have done it their sophomore year, and I just really wanted to, to be one of those guys that did. And so going into the summer, I had um, – I had a lifting plan and I uh, was just going to get in there three or four times a week and just get after it and really wanted to grow and really wanted to get that man's club. And throughout the summer, that's just what I kept in mind when I was lifting. It's like, this is for man's club. And like those days where I didn't want to lift, I was like, man, I got to do this. This is for man's club. And yeah, and so I kept pushing myself, pushing myself. And uh, throughout the whole summer, it was just seeing 
tremendous growth and got me really excited and I was really ready for man's club towards the end of summer. For, for listeners who aren't familiar, man's club is a weight room test. At the beginning of each season, there's four workouts with a minimum standard that players have to go one after another. And if they achieve these minimum tests in all four, they're in the man's club. And Coach Tonegal has them over and they cook big steaks. They sign their name on the wall. We have a hard work wall in our locker room and they get to sign their name. And it's something our guys really aspire to. And, and that's what Kanan's talking about. And Kanan's really a, a goal-driven guy. Even going back to the recruiting process, I remember the one of the things that drew us to you was your mentality and how you attack challenges. And when something was in front of you that you wanted, you would pursue it. And it sounds like that's what you were doing all summer long with the man's club in mind. So take us to that day. We get here. It's man's club testing day. It's the moment you've been waiting for. What happened? Yeah. So for the first first about week or so on campus, Micah Davis and I uh, did the man's club test, just the bench press portion of it together and just kind of gauge where we were at in terms of the 15 reps. And we were both right there. And we knew that we were going to have to have a good day on the man's club testing day to be able to get it. And so, yeah, that morning we were really excited. We were jacked because we knew how much time we had put in and work we had put in. And so we're doing the man's club testing and I waited to do the, um, I did my pull-ups and one-legged squats first. And then I was ready for the bench. And before me, I was one of the last guys to go for bench. And so um, I saw all my teammates, all the teammates uh, that I thought would get it, they got it. You know, Trevor went before me and got it. And Micah went before me and got it. And those are the two guys that I had been working with. And I was jacked. I was so excited. And, I, and finally, it was my turn. And I was like, man, I'm going to get this. And I'm going to get this. And I knew how much time I'd put in. And I was so ready. And then... I got to the second to last rep and I just couldn't get it up and I was pushing and pushing. I just couldn't get it up and it was just devastating. And just knowing that for me at that moment, it felt like all the hard work I had put in just didn't mean anything. And, uh, man, it was, it was one of the hardest things. Um, I kind of, I was angry and I was upset and, um, yeah, it was just a really hard time for me because, it, it was hard for me to see these other guys get it and me not get it. And I think initially I had a bunch of these selfish thoughts and I was, I was just really disturbed by them. But I think the thing that came out of that for me was seeing all those guys around me and seeing the way that, seeing the way that they rallied around me because they knew how much it, it meant to me. And they just had it. Yeah. It just, kind of released a lot of that anger from me and just being around them and being around their, their spirits. And, um, they really lifted me up during that time when it was really hard for me. That was one of the powerful things for me as I watched this unfold, because it was obvious you, you get three of the four tests. You just missed the fourth one, this goal that you had in front of you and it bothered you and it was visible. And these two guys that you mentioned, Trevor and Micah, in some sense, you could say they were your competition. You guys all play the same position. You have similar strengths, so you're different players. In a lot of places, the competitiveness between you guys may have led them to celebrate the fact that you didn't achieve this goal, but something completely different unfolded. And it was really amazing to watch as a coach. Take us through what were they saying to you and how did they rally around you? They were just they were just really encouraging to me. Um, I think our, our friendships off the court, um, 
kind of our friendships off the court kind of established, uh, you know, how they reacted and how they approached me afterwards. Um, you know, they didn't avoid me and uh, try to like leave him off to the side because he's probably angry right now, but they instead they found a way to try to pick me up. And uh, that was huge for me because it just showed, it just showed how close we were. And um, yeah, they, they never once just celebrated themselves over me or anything like that, but Instead, they kind of walked with me through it, and um, it was just really cool to see, especially from two guys that were going to be upperclassmen, um, just the leadership that they showed through that. They really did have a sense of compassion towards you and rallied around you, and I think that's one of the shifts we hope happen. You're a competitive guy. You're a driven guy, but we think there's this important shift when we move from competing against one another as teammates and move towards competing for each other. Mm -hmm. And when we compete for each other, there's just a different thing that fuels us. And we're able to go to heights, both individually, we think, and collectively, that maybe we couldn't if we were all just on our own island. But maybe take us inside that moment. If you had to go back to that man's club moment and say, what did that teach you about the pursuit of three? I think just to not get overwhelmed or not get too um, caught up in your own success and that's what those guys taught me because even though they had every right to be, uh, to be happy and uh, to celebrate themselves because that was something that they were working towards too. And that was something that they had achieved for the first time. Um, they didn't get over they didn't get caught up in their own success and rather they, they looked into how they could help me and how they could, uh, pour into me during that tough time for me. And, um, yeah, I think that's the thing I'll take away the most is just to, how can I continue to pour into others when I'm the one that's uh, succeeding and they're not? So it's a really great insight. Kanan, thanks so much. And I can't wait to tell listeners the, the rest of the story of your season on a future episode. Awesome. And when we come back for the second half, Coach Tonegal will talk about watching Kanan go through this moment, as well as why hard work is such a staple in our program. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.ins mgt.com now back to the second half we're back with coach Tonegal talking about Canaan coffee hard work and the man's club coach Canaan worked so hard throughout the summer for this moment but he didn't get in man's club what were you seeing as a coach I think we all were were hurt for Canaan uh, we weren't disappointed in him because we knew we knew what he had done that summer, and we, we wanted him to make that, that meet that accomplishment and make the man's club. And, and when he didn't, um, you know, my disappointment was what I saw on him. I mean, he was hurting. But as, as we talk a lot about, um, there, there was no failure in that. The, 
he had the right hunger, he had the right habits. And along the way, he became somebody during that process. And in that moment, I get it. I understand you can't, you can't really sense that. You really are focused on that end result. But it's like basketball. You know, Everybody's season comes to an end before they want it to except for one team. But does that mean you didn't have a successful season? And you've got to be able to look within and say, who did I become or who did we become throughout this process? Kanan had been driving for this goal of the man's club. And there's a wall in our locker, and we call it the hard work wall. And it's a really important part of our culture. Talk a little bit about the hard work wall and why it's such a valuable thing. Yeah, I love the hard work wall. Um, In many ways, it represents who we are as a a program. And and we want to be known for hard work. And, you know, I tell the guys a lot of times that, you know, opportunity looks a lot like hard work because everybody's looking for opportunity. Everybody's looking for playing time. Everybody's looking to, to make their mark but they just need to look in the areas of hard work. And so we've created this wall where if you do your workouts in the summer, then you test out at a certain level, both there's some basketball skill test and then there's some weight room test. You get to write your name on the wall. And the cool thing is, I think as, as we watch guys come back, maybe five years from now, maybe 10 years from now, it's one of the first things they go to and they look to see the year they left their mark on their program. Cause really it's the equity that they bring to the table each and every year. It's the sweat equity in order to win a championship. Why is it so important as a coach to set this high bar for the players? Well, I mean, every, everybody, let's be honest, every, every program talk, talks about hard work. But when it comes down to it, we're looking for inches. Uh, I think there was a time where, you know, we, we too were just talking about hard work. But then when you get to the top, what separates you from other people is not miles and it's not even feet, man. It's inches and it's it's a small thing. And so we're trying to push our guys to that extra rep, that extra set, maybe that extra shot, whatever it is, is going to put us to a new level. Getting in the man's club, you sign your name on the wall, but we also do more. You have a big cookout at your house. We make T-shirts sometimes. Why is it important to celebrate the accomplishments that our guys have along the way in this hard work? Well, I think in any organization, you're going to get more of what you reward and, and less of what you don't. And, you know, I often tell the guys, and it, it's so true, like one of the greatest feelings, or it's a gift really, I think the greatest gift God gives us is when you lay down at night and you're so exhausted and tired and you're sore and you just go to bed right away when your head hits that pillow. Um, I, I think that's a reward and that's a gift. And I can reflect back. I miss those times as a player when, you know, whether it's two days or whether coach just – just worked us so hard that day that when my head hit the pillow, I was out. Uh, that's a gift to our guys because what, what you do is you realize how much you put in that day, that you gave your all, and you didn't just give it for yourself. You gave it for your teammates, and you gave it for something greater than yourself. What a rewarding feeling. And because the final outcome isn't the point, that feeling something Kanan could go back to despite the disappointment of the day, and he could continue to pour into hunger, habits, and humility in hopes that things would get better as the season went along. On our next episode, we're going to go inside one of the program's favorite weekends, the annual father-son retreat with Kyle Mangus and his father, Tim. In the big picture, it was just an eye-opener for me to, to see the culture and you know get introduced to the culture. For me, the way I was coached and raised, total opposite of that. The, the, the guys step up and the way they talk and what they say is just unbelievable for, for guys that are uh, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old. It's unbelievable to listen to them. Coach T will join us in the second half to share where the idea of the father-son came from and how important it's become to the I Am Third culture of the program. Hope you'll join us next time. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask iWoo Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at iWooHoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.